Hello, it is Liam Schmidt here from Irish Funds. On Friday the 30th of September, Irish Funds launched our new Sector Technology Skills Needs Analysis Report in conjunction with Fast Tracking Technology. This report consists of a comprehensive assessment on the current and future technology needs for the funds and asset management industry in Ireland. This podcast episode is taken from the aforementioned webinar and is moderated by Kieran Fennessy from City, who also chairs the Irish Funds FinTech Working Group. Peter Davitt, CEO of FIT, joins us to elaborate on the role FIT play in tech talent development, as well as presenting some key takeaways from the report. You will hear from a current FIT apprentice, Cynthia Baloney of Mundi, who will talk about her experience in the programme, and you will also hear from a panel of current Irish Funds member firms as they talk about their own successful technology apprenticeship programmes, which they also run in association with FIT. The full skills needs analysis report has been uploaded to our website, irishfunds.ie, so feel free to check it out there in its entirety. I hope you enjoyed this episode and check back soon for more great insights into the Irish funds and asset management industry. Hello there and a very good morning to you all. You're all very welcome to this month's FinTech webinar. A very special topic we'll be discussing this morning. It is a report produced by Irish funds that has been launched today on the Irish fund sector technology needs analysis. The report was produced in conjunction with Irish Fund member firms, a research conducted by FIT, Fast Track into Information Technology. This report is available for, uh, for download from the handout section on the webinar portal and will be available from the Irish Fund's website next week. So we've a packed agenda this morning, and as we dissect and review the report, we will commence with an overview of the report from Part Larner, CEO of Irish Funds. This will then be followed by Peter David, CEO of FIT, who will provide an overview of FIT. We will then have Cynthia, who's a FIT apprentice with Amundi Asset Management. Peter will then give us an overview of the key themes from the report, and then we'll have a panel discussion with Irish Fund members, and finally, any questions you may have. The webinar will be recorded and will be available if anyone wants to review it again from the Irish Fund's website, and will also be made available as a podcast. So without further delay, we'll have a recorded message from Pat, who unfortunately couldn't be with us this morning, but Pat's going to provide an overview and a perspective of the report. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us in today's webinar. When we launched our strategic framework last year, capability and leadership were two of the key pillars that we felt really needed to embody the work that we would be doing on behalf of our 150 plus members. Today, we're going to talk about the first ever report, which looks at a skills needs inventory for those IT skills that we think are very relevant for our industry. Technology is an intrinsic part of the industry and the way in which we evolve and the way in which we adapt to those changing needs, particularly as it's reflected in the skills of our people, will be fundamental to our success going forward. So it was really an important part of our work plan this year to complete this skills analysis. As with any piece of work like this, we couldn't do it without help. And in fact, I'd first of all just like to thank a number of people um, and organizations, I should say. In terms of organizations, the member firms that contributed time and effort to outline their needs in a very detailed way have provided a really effective blueprint for the future. To Peter Davitt and to his team at FIT, they were tremendous part partners, both in terms of giving us a professional, a rigorous approach, but also being very, very collaborative right the way through it. 
To those individuals from our member firms, in particular to Kieran Fennessy, to Len Sutton, to Aaron Lynch and to Shane Mulcahy, we couldn't have got this project up off the ground without their dedication, both to get it through inception, but also to delivery. And finally, and definitely not least, for my own team, Kieran Fox was instrumental in doing work along with all those that I've mentioned, and Adrian Ills, who more recently has joined us and also did some of the important final proofing just to get the document to publication. So effectively, we have in this groundbreaking report a blueprint for the skills needs in the IT elements of our industry. And we're going to use it both in our discussions within industry and with broader member firms, and we hope you use it as a resource, but also in our advocacy, in our influencing with a range of external stakeholders. Because clearly, in order for us to deliver on the needs that are outlined in this report, it won't just be something that we can do on our own. So I would say this is a really great example of member firms working together, of us trying to paint a picture of the future, and doing it in a very structured, in a very rigorous way. So with that, I'd like to thank you again for your attendance and hope that you enjoy the remainder of today's webinar. Thank you. Great, thank you for that overview and introduction, Pat. So next up, we will have Peter uh, David. Peter is CEO of FIT since 1999, a major industry-led initiative to pr promote an inclusive smart economy through talent diversity in the tech sector. Most recently, Peter has led the development and introduction of the new tech apprenticeship program in Ireland, which is widening access and inclusion while creating a new talent pipeline for the technology sector. This innovation is well on its way to changing the tech skills landscape in Ireland and has a goal of scaling to an intake of 5,000 tech apprenticeships by 2025. So with that, I'll hand it over to Peter. If you can turn on your camera and unmute yourself and take it away, it would be fantastic. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Kieran. Uh, good morning, uh, uh, everybody. Delighted to be with you here this morning. Uh, as a precursor to look at the findings of the report, it was felt it might be useful to give a little bit of a brief background on FIT, on FIT itself. So just to say, FIT is uh, an industry-led initiative. Uh, we're 22 years in operation, 23 years in operation this year. And really, our mission over the years has been to broaden out the tech talent pipeline in Ireland. Uh, 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 to, sorry, if you could go back there on the slide for a second. Uh, Liam, thanks very much. We work uh, in close collaboration with major technology companies uh, in Ireland, uh, both foreign direct investment and uh, small to medium-sized enterprises. And we work in very close collaboration with forward education provision across the 16 EDPs uh, in the country. And FIT is a national initiative. Uh, our core values are, are very easy. Next slide there, Liam. Uh, uh, is uh, for opportunity for all. You know, uh, FIT believes in providing opportunity to everyone and that all people should have the chance to be a part of Ireland's uh, evolving digital economy. No limits. Uh, uh, everyone, must, everyone must start their journey from a first step. And we, we see our role is to enable effective progression for people from, you know, uh, lower level qualifications into more advanced qualifications into professional careers. And we believe nothing can be achieved unless we are... Uh, uh, work in collaboration with key players, be they enterprise, be they government agencies, be they policymakers. And I suppose the big key thing from a FIT perspective is we believe you need to be continuously evolving and continuous innovation. You need to be going to where the ball is, is going, 
than where, where the ball is at. And in our mission statement, uh, we have our mission statement is to promote an inclusive smart economy uh, uh, by creating a fast track to, to marketable technical skills for those of, of at risk of unemployment long term. And the point of, of risk of unemployment long term is a crucial point for me, because most people think long term unemployment or unemployment, you know, well, am I at risk or not? Well, the reality is, if all of us don't continuously upskill, reskill, adopt new technologies and practices, we're all in danger of the possibility of unemployment. And I suppose part of our mission is to ensure that we help industry uh, employees and students acquire the skills and companies to pro be progressive in the, in the workplace. In terms of fish, we have sort of what we call four killers, pillars, killers, four pillars of activity. Uh, uh, the Tech Apprenticeship Program, which we only evolved since 2017. Interesting enough, in Ireland, we, we were slow to adopt modern apprenticeships. So if you look at the UK or, or our mainland Europe, they've had modern apprenticeships for many, many years. But the reality in Ireland is up until 2017, we only had traditional trades, you know, your, your bricker, your, your plumber, your plaster, et cetera. And uh, since, but since 2017, we have realized the potential opportunity of, of apprenticeship programs, what we call the modern apprenticeships. And to date, since 2017, there's uh, almost 40 uh, new apprenticeship programs within the system, which is great. From a fit perspective, we are the national coordinating providers for tech apprenticeships uh, in Ireland, uh, uh, three apprenticeships, software development, network engineering, and cybersecurity. We also support uh, about three and a half thousand other learners in technology programs across the country in terms of their skills development and progression into, into industry. How we built our relationship with industry and educationists and learners over the years has been since, really since 2012 was a milestone fit. So 10 years ago, we began to initiate skill needs analysis where we done in-depth analysis on the precise skill needs and companies required within different industrial sectors, be they IT, be they supply chain or just be advanced manufacturing. And to do it in a concept, looking where the needs would be at entry competent expert. And there's a pillar of expertise, an ecosystem of expertise, if you like, within all industries. And a better appreciation of that can better place uh, people in the right roles and the right functions, be they from tour level provision or from vocation for their education and training. And then to support a wider outreach, and particularly in more recent years with COVID, we have done a lot of work in, in the space of online learning facilities to enable people to begin the journey into digital, digital skills. Uh, um, and we have two programs there, one with Microsoft called Step to Tech, another one with, with IBM called IBM Spills In. In terms of the apprenticeship program, which, which, which is a key uh, message today is, uh, it, it, as I mentioned, we commenced modern apprenticeships in Ireland in 2017. In the context of the tech apprenticeships, they are two-year programs. Uh, uh, with uh, elements of on-the-job training and off-the-job training. The real value, I believe, in apprenticeship programs is that you live, you, you learn in the presence of experts. You, you learn along some, somebody else who has experience over time. Uh, the programs, they are two years programs. Uh, what differentiates an apprenticeship from another uh, learning program is that the individual is employed by the apprentice, uh, by the employer, the apprentice employed by the employer from day one. And within that, then, we have a very robust onboarding process and recruitment process, uh, which involves aptitude assessments, interviews, and then finally interviewed by, in, by employers. And the program is now national, uh, right, run right across the country. Uh, if you want to move on there, as I mentioned there, uh, Liam, uh, we have three apprenticeships up and running, network engineer, cybersecurity, and uh, uh, software developer. And the feedback today from employers has been quite phenomenal in that respect. 
We also have a number of other apprenticeships in, in development. Uh, we have DevOps, Data Analytics, and Cloud Computing. And our goal is by 2025, 20, 26, to have a, co a portfolio of between nine and 12 apprenticeships uh, addressing different needs uh, within the tech and relations sectors. Uh, do you want to go on there, Liam? I suppose within that, I say we started from standing still in 2018, but already we're seeing real momentum building it. So, for example, in the early years, you know, we saw companies sponsoring one or two apprentices uh, on a program. But today we have totally, total, completely companies, company sponsored programs. So uh, like you companies like Amazon Web, AWS, Salesforce, they are now um, uh, sponsoring full cohorts of apprentices. And indeed, we have a public service uh, offer, offering of apprenticeship programs commencing in, in December this year, which will see an intake of over 100 apprentices for the public service. Currently, we have 250 employers engaged right across the board from major multinationals to, to, to small indigenous companies. And there are currently 511 apprentices as of today. And our goal is to build out that uh, uh, level of activity to about 5,000 apprentices. And we think we can achieve that between around 2005 to 2006. One of the major goals and functions of the apprenticeship program is to ensure uh, diversity and inclusion in all its aspects and, and a particular focus on female participation. And I, I mean, from our perspective, we won't be satisfied until we have a a 50-50 representation within within the apprenticeship program. And one of the initiatives that we've done towards that goal is that we've actually initiated a number of female-only tech apprenticeship programs, and the success of them has been quite phenomenal. We're currently at, as I say, 30% apprenticeships. We want to we want to grow that to 50-50. Uh, uh, so, as I say, the pressure program is enabling new talent uh, to enrich and enliven the workplace. I, I, I think most employers need to consider it as an option, need to consider the possibility of hiring a tech pressure because it gives you greater diversity. It gives you a, a, a wider cohort of skills to, to bring into the, in, into the enterprise. And the feedback from our, our current employer sponsors is that the level of productivity of the apprentices in a short period of time is really, really strong. And with that, I'll hand over to Cynthia Baloney, who is an, a, a, an apprentice with Amundi, to share her experience. Hello, <laughs> my name is Cynthia. I'm from Brazil, and I've been living here in Ireland since 2017. I graduated in data processing in Brazil, and after my graduation, I worked for many years as a developer. My life changed, and I became a mother and decided to pause my career to take care of my children. After moving to Ireland, I started to studying on my own, and I felt that it was time to get back into the IT sector. To make this possible, I need to find something that would help me to update, to recycle my technical skills, and prepare for job interviews, update my CVs, after all, I was away from the IT sector for many years. I started looking for something to help me with this process, and I found the FIT program. FIT is a great program, as it's a mix of theory and practice through different disciplines like communication business, system analysis and design, SQL project management, web development, and so on. During the apprenticeship, I have the opportunity to apply the theory I learned 
and here in the workplace, I develop my skills. The fit is success because it's supported by the industry and the education partners. And fortunately, I was chosen to be part of Amundi team, the leading European access manager. Today, Amundi has six apprentices, four ladies and two gentlemen <laughs> taking part in the FIT program. As a software developer apprentices in Amundi, I'm working now in one of the systems used by the analyst called iPortal. I'm talking about a little bit about my day. I've started working with backend using SQL, modifying and creating some star procedures. And now I'm working with front end as well, applying what I studied in class using C Sharp, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. On my day works, I have a virtual meeting with my mentor, my manager, and the team involved in this system to talk about the task we are working on. And once a week, we have a meeting with the IT, all the IT apprentices, some senior developers, and one of the managers to learn more about the application and business, especially the knowledge uh, domain. I have a mentor here in Amundi that guides me in everything that I need to do explain how the system works and where I can get more information to complete my tasks. The main point is don't be afraid to ask. When I finish my desk, my mentor always check and give me some feedback. I can say that after six months working here in Amundi, I can say that now I'm feeling more confident and I'm sure that I'm collaborating with the team. This is the summary that of my recent learn experience at FIT in partnership with Amundi. And I highly recommend FIT to anyone who likes technology with or without experience, but who likes to study, learn, and who wants an opportunity to gain experience to start a career in IT, or if you want, like me, to return after a career break, that's for you. Thank you. Thanks, Cynthia. So, so I think now we're just going to go uh, present some of the key findings of the report, and I, I know we're having a, a discussion afterwards, so we'll get to that uh, straight away. So just a bit of background in Irish front sector skills needs analysis. Uh, I suppose, as everybody is aware, the sector is under, undergoing transform transformational change requiring a revamp of the skills ecosystem. This year, this is the first ever uh, Irish funds and asset management sector technology skills audit undertaken by Irish funds in collaboration with, with uh, sector leaders and with the support of FIT. Uh, and it provides uh, insight into the current and future tech skill requirements of the sector. 21 of the most in demand uh, technical companies were analyzed, as were the accompanying professional or, if you like, aptitudes and uh, considered essential or transversal skills, if you like. The, sur the survey identified the level of skills needed at entry, competent, and at uh, advanced expert uh, roles within, within organizations. 
Uh, I suppose the key insects, insights from the report was uh, future skill needs are being fueled by emerging technologies resulting in significant increasing demand for tech talent in the sector. Interestingly, skills demand is strongest at entry competent at levels of 54% than at an advanced level of 46%. The overall picture is of an increasingly digitally enabled sector in need of substantial numbers of competent ICT practitioners. A greater appreciation of the associated technology skills matrix with respect to hiring requirements is required and significant skills gaps emerging in the sector due to digital transformation uh, with competition from similar skills escalating exponentially. Companies are positively disposed, and this was a very uh, one I wasn't aware of, but companies are very positively disposed to apprenticeship programs with 46% confirming that they had hired an apprentice in a tech-related area. Uh, in terms of, uh, of, the, of the process, we had 20 uh, uh, leading companies participate in, in, participate in the uh, 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 research, uh, and they range from major global names to more indigenous and local enterprises. I have to say, from my perspective, the level of engagement and enthusiasm of those who those companies who participated in the research was phenomenal. I, I haven't seen that the same level in other arenas and the desire to, to look at in, in depth in the skill needs was really, really strong. And I appreciate the support and engagement and an insight of those who participated. There's a list there of the, of the 20 companies who participated in the, in the research. And as I say, we were delighted for their input, which gives a really rich uh, insight to the content of the program. So in, in terms of uh, uh, looking at key findings, uh, I suppose the, the top line good news is forecast growth of tech staff is 46% over the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, uh, of course, that growth also brings us challenges because you have to be able to access the, the relevant talent to achieve that. Highest demand in cloud computing, followed by blockchain robotic, robotic process automation. One proviso there is that blockchain is starting from a very low base, where the other, the other two are quite strong and robust already. Uh, but we found that there was industry demand across all of the disciplines uh, presented in the research. Uh, when we look then at existing skills breakdown by discipline uh, of, text, of the current tech staff headcount, software development tools and methodologies has the largest current tech staff followed by robotic process automation and then cloud computing. And then what we see in the projected, projected uh, skills breakdown by discipline of the tech uh, staff headcount is that while software development is still strong, there is significant growth within the cloud computing and robotic process automation uh, arenas, and then in other arenas. And you can see the detail of this. The, the, all of the 21 disciplines are presented in detail in, in, in the second half of the report and outline the key disciplines in each, in each of those areas. Uh, interesting as well, of course, uh, is that the transversal skills were also seemed as essential across all levels, be they entry, competent and expert, that all should have product management, problem solving, leadership skills and professional development. Uh, in terms of then looking at barriers within, within the training, uh, uh, what was inter uh, it's interesting that cost is not the primary barrier. All the cost, the, the issues, primary issues are in the first instance is time, making time available to do the training, be it uh, online or be in, in the physical world. But also, I suppose what, what was interesting for me, from my perspective, was uh, there was a quite a sizable uh, proportion there around knowing what skill needs needs need to be analyzed and if you, knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and what, knowing what's coming down uh, uh what are the emerging technologies that are impact is also critical in terms of making decisions around training and development 
when we looked then at the respondents uh, concerns regards to policymakers, uh, uh, they were quite uh, succinct, uh, very clear that there should be more agility in policy legislation as a neighbor at country and European level. The personal tax rate is a disincentive for senior investment managers. Relocation costs, uh, uh, addressing housing stock and rental cost is deemed as a priority. And generally, operation in, uh, costs in Ireland are getting increasingly higher and causing challenges. And also, there was a general, a broad view that, particularly with re respects to the capital, uh, it was extremely expense expensive to live and work in, in Dublin. Uh, when we looked at, just as you'll see, the 21 disciplines are broken down. We use this methodology called heat maps, whereas you know the, uh, the areas most in demand are warmer on the heat map or towards the edges. And for each one of the disciplines analyzed, you'll get this key uh, uh, breakdown in terms of the findings. In terms then of conclusions, recommendations, uh, uh, we, we, we put forward, I think, eight in total, eight or nine. So uh, just in terms of successful economies and growth sectors moving forward will be characterized by ability to adapt rapidly to the challenges and opportunities of digitalization of the workforce. The successful orchestration of lifelong learning ecosystems is now the largest challenge being proposed to Ireland's, Ireland's national skills strategies as a result of digital disruption now affecting every industrial sector, occupation and profession. Informing career choices where emerging technologies are, are having a transformation impact necessitates a new level of dialogue across a swathe of stakeholders, including policymakers, enterprise, educators, career guides, especially parents and students. Dual education initiatives such as the new tech apprenticeship program merit the stature they are attaining in current policy and practice as key and essential contributors in addressing the strong demand for forecasts for digital competencies. They should become a significant part of the fund sector's tech talent pipeline. FET can make a significant contribution to talent development. That's for education training in the broader sense can make a significant contribution to the talent development and acquisition within the Irish fund sectors and should be viewed as a competent tutorial level provision and as a valued and integral component in how the sector meets the growing needs for future practitioner skills. Uh, better coordination in the development and range of delivery of relevant uh, fintech training programs across the continuum for FET and HE is critical, is a critical component for timely success. Ensuring greater workforce diversity within the financial services sector is viewed as a beneficial objective. The regional reach and economic impact of the Irish funds and asset management sector is significant and increasing, giving a wider access to opportunity. The sector should strive to become an exemplar in regarding regionalization, resulting in benefits to the sector and for the national rural policy and regional development. And just within that regard, the industry now enjoys individuals living in every county in the Republic of Ireland, and the numbers have increased in every county uh, bar Dublin since 2018. Uh, uh, taking up the challenge of ensuring that emerging tech skills and, and companies are brought into much sharper focus than can be achieved using traditional classification taxonomies of tech skills and companies must enter the DNA of, this, of the sector. And the, and lead to overhaul of recruitment, retention, and workforce development strategies and practice and culture. The successful dis digital transformation of an organization needs, of, uh, needs sorry, the, the, the successful digital transformation of an organization needs internal champions and enablers. Those charged with the digital agenda need to view a culture of digital innovation to, to support and encourage reskilling, attract new talent, and support continuous professional uh, uh, 
development. Closing remarks. The goal in combining the Irish funds sector technology skill needs analysis report has been to obtain a critical insight onto the transformational impact of digitalization so that required training and upskilling solutions for the sector can be created and implemented in an industry-focused manner. The report provides detailed information on the specific tech skills in demand and the, like, the likely trajectory of the sector if those skills needs are supplied. The report suggests that delivering on this ambition will entail going along with a reconceptualization of what international finance services are, uh, radical changes in how they are provided, and a major reappraise of the industry's core talent requirements and how they are met. It aspires, the report aspires to be a catalyst in bringing more stakeholders and policymakers on board in this endeavor and to inform decision making to achieve and enhance a more diverse talent pipeline into the sector. Thank you. So thank you, Peter, for a great overview of FIT and an excellent insight into some of the key themes in the report. Cynthia, a wonderful insights to the FIT apprenticeship program and the work you were doing in the Monday. Thank you very much for that and very well done. So now if I can ask my panelists to uh, enable their cameras and speakers, and whilst that's happening, I'll do uh, an intro <coughs> of our four panelists. So Julie Farron is the Investment Manager Sector Lead for Consulting at Deloitte Ireland with over 15 years experience in the industry. Julie supports her clients in the delivery of strategic transformation programs and currently sits in the Irish Funds Technology Distribution Group. And Eve Daly joined State Street in 2001 and is in her current role as International ICTO SVP since June 2021 with responsibility for infra delivery services which include but are not limited to demand management, international regulatory and compl compliance, portfolio planning, solution engineering, and lifecycle across EMEA and APAC supported global infrastructure team. Aaron Lynch is an SVP for business transformation and professional services for Amundi Asset Management. Aaron has 30 years experience in the fund industry, working for 15 years as managing director of Lynch Professional Services Limited, a boutique consulting firm that specializes in advising C-suite executives engaging in global transformation changes such as mergers, acquisitions, outsourcing and insourcing arrangements. <clears throat> and finally, Len Sutton is an executive director at JP Morgan and has worked in the fund industry in Ireland for over 18 years. Len sits in the Irish Funds Programme Office and is a board director of it. So thank you all uh, for joining. So, um, just just for those on the on the webinar, if anyone has any questions, if they want to drop them in the box in the bottom of the webinar panel, we have around uh, 30 minutes or so gone here. So we, we have a couple of questions and discussions we're going to have here, and then we'll open up any questions from the uh, from the virtual floor. So Julie, if I can start maybe with you, um, what surprised you in the report, and any key highlights? or themes you noted in the report? I think from the report, from my perspective, because I have done a significant research over the years, and um, particularly with the Deloitte Digital and um, Barriers to Digital Adoption Report that we issued two years ago, some of the findings were not surprising. However, emphasize some of the, um, the data points that we have been speaking about over the last two years. Um, firstly, I want to touch on the limited talent pool with technical expertise. 
cannot emphasize enough just here locally in Ireland that we do have a capability and skill set gap on the island with respect to investment management. And also just to point out the war on talent within on the island as well. For our sector, we are competing with the likes of our Googles, our Facebooks, or Meta today regarding that talent. And they are quite attracted to that industry or to those players on the market. And um, they provide careers that have purpose, that are energizing and exciting. So that's kind of something that we need to think about from a talent pool point of view of how do we attract new graduates back into our industry as well. Um, from a technical expertise point of view, and even looking at some of the transformational programs that I am running, I have had to go offshore into other geographies to get some of those expertise to help me deliver for my clients here locally in Ireland. And that comes to liking of data scientists, for example, where I source them through capital markets expertise um, within Deloitte um, to leverage the fact that they know and understand derivative asset classes, for example, and helping our clients understand that. Um, that's very important as well, just to note that I have had to go offshore and it isn't here on the island. So it's more just to emphasize that when you do go out to the market to look for that talent pool, it's not just there. And maybe like 20 or 10 years ago, um, we do need to actually go offshore or how, as the report says, how do we attract it onshore here into Ireland? And that's going to be really important for the delivery for a number of initiatives. Um, the second point I probably was a bit surprised about was around data and data not being higher up. So if we look at cloud computing, it was 236%, blockchain at 100% and RPA at 65%. I really expected data to be much higher because that's where I'm seeing significant demand at the moment. I've always said data is the oil of the industry. You need data for cloud, you need data for blockchain, you need data for RPA. Anyone who was going through the or has gone down the road of the front to back solution, data is the core to the front to back solution in an asset servicer. So I did expect to see more emphasis around data. And as I've touched there, even on the, the talent pool point, data scientists with those that kind of knowledge base within our industry are very light here on, on the island. So just to emphasize that point as well. And then finally to touch on program management. Um that is not surprising to me. I've had a number of conversations now over the last 12 months with a number of players on the market and program management and best-in-class program management is critical for the industry. Being a bit direct to the industry today, it is poor at the moment. Um, program management and how you execute on program management is really important for the delivery of your strategic initiatives around digital transformation. Digital transformation is really hard. It's not one program manager sitting there helping to deliver it. It's a team of people coming together collectively, working in collaboration, bringing different capabilities, bringing different SME skill sets, and it might have to be pulled globally as well in order for you to really deliver your uh, digital transformation agendas. So just to emphasize that and how it's structured and the governance structure and for people to understand that everyone is going on a journey together and even the ops people as well to understand that you're not being asked just to put additional admin overhead. There's a valued reason of why there are certain asks around status reporting every week and um, collectively coming together as joint working groups, collectively what's 
um, what a real good solid roadmap looks like, how you basically put raid logs together, risks and issues, how you rag rate appropriately. I've had those discussions lately of how to actually rag rate something properly. So, you know, program management in the industry really does need a focus as well from a soft skills perspective. Very good. Thanks. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, I think I think we're all surprised on uh, where where data came low 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 down in the list. And I, I think partially, and I think Peter alluded to it as well, it's probably that one reason could be that the percentage, these were percentage values, so the base was lower, so a small increase in the heads for cloud or something could have contributed to that. But it's a really good point. And you also noted there around the softer skills. So and P Peter mentioned it as well. So maybe Aaron, if I can go to your good self there around the need for that kind of heterogeneous skills required for technologists. It's no longer just about being a strong developer on a specific platform or a specific code base. You need to have those kind of wider skills. Any insights you gain from the report in relation to that and kind of aligning what Julie said? Absolutely, Kieran. And just again, if you don't mind me saying, I, I had approached Cynthia quite late in the project. So a big thank you to Cynthia. I think she was absolutely fantastic. And we're very proud of her and very proud of the partnership that we've built between FIT and Amundi Asset Management and Amundi Technology. So well done. So yeah, absolutely. I think the report speaks for itself, Kieran, if you don't mind me saying, around the, 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 the softer skills. So heterogeneous. I did have to look that up, Kieran. I'll be very honest, but it's, it's diverse skills, right? It's different skills that are complementary. Um, and absolutely, we, we, we need that. And in fact, you know, part of our recruitment process would be looking for those very various different diverse skills. The three that really came out of the report are no surprise. Back to what Julie just said, right? The project management, problem solving and leadership. And what's fascinating about when we kicked off this process, I didn't know Julie or Neve or I didn't know yourself, Kieran. I knew Len, unfortunately, for a long time now at this stage. And, and there was a number of other uh, companies, global companies that were involved in that, that initial discussion. And we added a section at the end, if you remember, which was section 20 around business transformation, client onboarding, solutions, and other, other areas like digital innovation, digital digital uh, transformation, and business transformation. And there's a correlation there. We, we've got significant demand in the Irish funds industry over the last number of years, both from a regulatory perspective and also from the facts that Dublin and Ireland has become a hub in my, in my view, for major global business and digital uh, transformation. So there's a demand there for problem solving because they're highly complex. Back to Julie's point, these programs are not simple. You know, you need multidiscipline skills, skill sets and people. They're not, they're, there's not many of them out there. I know even I had this conversation, there, there is not many people like that out there. So yes, we need to bring people through there's anecdotal evidence out there also, not just in the funds industry, in other industries where I hear the same thing that Julie is saying, where you've got people going to Eastern Europe and South Africa looking for project management and program management skills. The reality is we don't have a huge amount of people in the Irish funds industry at the moment who have that program management, business transformation skills in the funds industry. They might have it in other industries, but they don't really have it in the funds industry. And that's an area that we're going to really have to look at, I think, over, over the next number of years. And I think one of the areas is we've got to mentor people internally and externally in, in, in that regard, you know, and start sharing our knowledge as much as we possibly can. But without a doubt, we need the third party institutions, the apprenticeship programs. I, I know FIT do this on the project management side, but other areas, maybe even in second level, and Len might, might talk about this, this a bit later, that they can start including things like project project management as part of a leading search. Why not? 
you know, problem solving leadership skills, why not do that? So definitely very interesting items and a very interesting correlation, Kira. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, no, really interesting, Aaron. And, and a perfect segue then to, to Len for your question around uh, what can universities and even secondary schools uh, learn from the report? Well, I think there's some interesting, um, <clears throat> some interesting findings in the report, which, you know, if I was a principal of a secondary school, I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd be looking at and considering with, even with career guidance counselors in, 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 in the schools when talking to students. Um, there's a few things that Peter called out in the report. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, for example, you know, the fact that maths and physics are actually, you know, really, really important, and we need to see more female participation as well in, in, um, particularly on, on the, on the physics side. Um, some of the other key aspects that were, were sort of pulled out around the high demand for entry level um, staff in our industry specifically. Um, I think it was more than half. And you know, all of the participants in the study said that they would hire apprentices and 46% have already done that. So you know, when you consider more broadly, you know, when you look at the, the sort of traditional route um, to get an education that would allow you to enter the technology sort of you know, career um somewhere along the line that there's about a 50 percent dropout rate at third level in ireland on computer engineering programs so, so that tells you there's maybe you know there's probably a fundamental issue there in terms of um the way that we're educating people to participate in the in the technology sector so you know modern apprenticeships and the the the, the work that that peter has been doing and, and the team at fit have been doing they are a real alternative to the university route in terms of getting, you know, getting the correct training, the idea of sort of dual education, of getting on the job training, of getting paid, this is attractive to, you know, I would imagine a lot of students at secondary level um, who maybe, you know, are not suited to or don't want to go down the traditional um, third level route. So I think secondary schools need to be more aware of that. Um, they need to be more aware of you know what the op the options are out there um and be able to sort of you know communicate that to students and make them aware that um there is an alternative to getting into a career in technology than just going down um, the third level route i think on the, the actually the other key thing i think that came out of the report for me which is interesting is the fact that you know there's 21 different disciplines that we we, we looked at um, in the context of the skills needs analysis that Peter uh, and the team team did. That's quite broad in terms of, you know, sort of, we say variety from a tech career perspective, the options that are open to, um, you know, to to students and to um, to people actually who've got experience, who who may have, you know, who may have, who may have 10 or 15 years experience in, in something completely different than the tech sector, who are looking to make that move across, right? And they do make up a, a good proportion of the people who have gone on to do the, the, the fit apprenticeship program. So I think that's very interesting as well. You know, do those um, people who are advising students at secondary level really understand, you know, um, the tech sector well enough to be able to actually sort of communicate uh, with their students what their options might be. And then on the university side, um, I think the university should be looking at you know, tech apprentices as a as a pipeline for them, right? There's there's a there's they are the 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 um, a good student pipeline for probably maybe second or even third year entry into 
um, into courses within the university framework. And I know that's something that Peter has been looking at and there's conversations going on with um, at least one university in that respect. You know, tech apprentices want to move on. They want to continue their training and their development. And, um, you know, I think they need to be able to do that through um, through the, the, the university uh, network, if that's something that, uh, that, that, they're, that they're interested in. And then I think the other key thing I sort of picked out of the report really around the sort of the non-technical skills, which I know Aaron has already sort of covered there, you know, project management, problem solving, leadership skills, getting that into the, you know, the, the syllabus in university and, and, and in the universities on the computer engineering programs to make sure that that is a, a skill set that's recognized and, uh, uh, and, and developed. So those are probably, those are probably the key things, Kieran. I think that you know the report, the report throws out. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks, Dan. I totally agree. I think what I was one of the interesting things I found, just kind of echoing what you said, was the expectation from industry that people who come out of the the college um, uh, university pipeline with those technical orientated degrees, developers in your Java's and your Python's. But having that project management leadership influencing skills is key and like what kind of julie was saying once you bring them all together and then through time you build up your business expertise you're really developing a really really uh, strong career platform so thank you thank you for that so finally the last question here and, and again just remind anyone out there uh, on, on the webinar if there's a couple of questions come in but um if there's any more please uh please, please send them through so if we, um, Eva, if I may come to you. So Peter highlighted the 21 software disciplines the report focused on, very broad range. Any key highlights that stood out from you in these disciplines? I know Julie alluded to the, uh, to the data side at the start and that was, that was further down. So uh, any other points that, you, uh, that, 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 that you'd like to discuss here? Yeah, absolutely. And Julie did rob one of my points. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the great thing is that how broad it is, right? Um, and from my own selfish perspective, it's fantastic because we're obviously as a, a bank now, uh, our motto now is, is tech led. So we are actually hiring here in Ireland for quite a few techs and uh, this is great for us. Um, particularly the thing that stood out for me from an infrastructure per, uh, perspective is um, infrastructure as code is quite high up here in the coding uh, around um, Python, React. Um, they're the, the tools that you would use for infrastructure as code and historically when you think of infrastructure you think of people carrying servers around and putting them up in racks um, we're moving away from that and it's um, it's even clear here in, in these skill sets that, that that's not happening as much anymore. Uh, if you look at the, the IDE needs, you know, you're looking at um, IntelliJ, which is used a lot for uh, programmers. You use that, uh, I mean, certainly for um, creating your apps that will go into to the cloud. Um, and that's something I personally have used myself. Um, so I can add my skill onto this list. Um, but definitely it's something that, that stands out uh, for me really is around the coding, around the cloud skills, um, you know, the tools then for that. And um, the thing around it though, um, 
I would say is that we need to get more advanced um, in all of them, really. Um, we have, a, it seems to be quite balanced actually across entry, competent and advanced. Um, but I would say we need to go more into the advanced uh, area there in all of them, to be honest, uh, to be able to fill a lot of what's required, particularly around the, the talent um, and, and the war for talent, as Julie mentioned. We're struggling to get people in the door with the more advanced skills. So, uh, and I know having talked to you guys, you have the same uh, issues and concerns as we do. Um, I think it's we're, we're definitely um, doing well with, with programs like this and with uh, more junior members uh, coming in from colleges, but uh, we're lacking in, in the advanced skills here, I would say, um, in Ireland, and, and we really need to, to push forward for those. So, um, yeah, those were the things that, that stood out the most for me, um, and again, it's it's all relevant, I suppose, to what's going on for you in your own business at the time. And for us, as Julie mentioned, we have transformation uh, happening. So um, we're doing a digital transformation and, and moving from our legacy platforms into the more modern um, hybrid cloud. So uh, public and private cloud. Um, and, and that's very public. That's, I'm not telling you guys anything that that's not already out there. Um, so it's. Uh, you know, I think all the banks are moving that way and it's, it is making us a little bit more attractive and the funds, um, asset managers, all of the finance um, companies are moving that way. It is making us a little bit more attractive that, um, to the techs uh, out there. But as Julie mentioned, Facebook, Google, you know, they nearly win hands down every time. So, um, we need to make ourselves a bit more attractive, I think, as an industry for people to come into. Great, no, totally, totally great. Thank, thank you, Leave, and, and thank you also. We're just gonna we have a couple of questions come in. So yeah. again, yeah. Can I take a few treads there just for two minutes, maybe? Just some of the questions as well. Just uh, I, I also agree. I was very surprised at the low level of data analytics within within the report, and I think maybe that might be practically with the volume of people in the roles. But I think it's it has to be more critical across all all uh, organisations within the industry sectors. Uh, um, one of the questions in the one of the questions in the thread there was: uh, Is there value in doing uh, skill needs in other other uh, industry sectors, be it within the financial, broader financial services or in other industry sectors. And my view of that is very much definite. I mean, one of the things that's come very clear to me, I've done about 10 different skill needs audits over, over the years uh, to date. And there's very few organizations that do a whole of organization uh, skill needs. They do it within departments and, and uh, 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 disciplines or roles or functions, but doing a cross organization, which is critical, particularly of the, of the whole impact of digitalization, where, where for example, in advanced manufacturing, it, it connects the office to, 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 the, to the factory floor. Uh, so we need to look uh, uh, at much more in-depth skill needs analysis. And within that, what, what I would say, uh, uh, to Denise's point about advanced skills, I believe, I agree totally to Denise, and some of those advanced skills can only be got after working an uh, extensive period of time in in, in the workplace, in, in the role, uh, developing experience and knowledge over time. But I think we can do a far better job in Ireland in terms of our initial provision of, of, of candidates, be they from third level or be they from further education. My view, 
I would argue that in, in many cases that our tech apprenticeship are more robust than a lot of tour level qualifications currently. Because for example, on an apprenticeship program, you do six months deep dive off, off site, 25 hours a day in the technologies before you go into the company. So, so but I, and what I'm sort of saying, we need to embellish uh, more of our, our current delivery. Uh, and I think then we can meet a greater need uh, and the challenge, you know, about attracting, attracting uh, uh, talent or developing talent. You know, for me, I believe we could get a, a fully functional uh, uh, educational ecosystem in Ireland within three to four years. You know, that could be much more robust in me meeting the, the needs of distant and industrial sectors, which, you know, should be in parallel as we try to attract uh, uh, individuals in, in the current uh, uh, climate. And one of the other questions, I think, in, in the uh, one of the other questions in the in the uh, thread was uh progression for apprentices so from our perspective we don't see the tech apprenticeship which is which is a level six award as an end terminus we see it really as a starting point uh to uh, an opportunity to engage that wider diverse more this this, this passion these people who are passionate about technology but have, have had different life experience and bring them into the industry but we, we we want and encourage people to go on to do seven eight nine and indeed we've just developed a a progression path with uh, tud where people will get, uh, as a result of their uh, uh, apprenticeship program, will get exemption from the first year of a degree program. So, so as I say, we just see this as enabling a broader talent pipeline to engage. We want everybody to move up to, uh, to value change, to skills, knowledge, and competencies, because that's what our economy requires. And the fact of the matter, if we get that balance between uh, FET and tour level provision, we can almost double the talent pipeline into industry sectors in Ireland if we offer organize that and look to what courses we deliver at what level. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. So a couple of further questions that have come in. Um, just wondering about what Julie said. How much is the offshore debate is finance driven and companies wanting to save monies on these costs? That's from Angus. So Julie, do you want to We'll go that one, maybe. Will you repeat that question just so I can get my yeah, talk? Yeah, we'll drop it into the chat as well. Just wondering about what Julie said. How much is the offshore debate is finance driven and companies wanting to save money on these costs? Yeah, so we put, I touched on this as well in the Deloitte paper and barriers to digital adoption. And there were three areas that within organizations in the investment management space, particularly pointing at asset servicers as well, where we were seeing um, barriers. And that was one strategy, so not clearly defining your strategy, two people, which I touched on, and three cost allocation as well. So what you're looking at is a lot of them are embedded in banks. If you look at the asset servicers, it depends on what the strategy is of the bank at that point in time, depending on how, you know, where your cost allegation for your digital transformation program will be, your business case that you put forward, how strong the business case is, how much buy-in that you have from the leadership team at the global level. So it is driven on global initiatives instead of local initiatives. And I do know at times from an Irish perspective, it can be challenging to get funding down into the local entity in Ireland when the global initiatives take priority. I don't know if that answers the question. I think just one thing to add, Kieran, on that, and it's something we were just talking about recently ourselves in a Monday with some some counterparts, that I think definitely it started off as a cost effectiveness point, but what where it's 
another point to think about is if you're a fund accountant and you're striking a NAV and the demands there are so uh, significant now, you might have to strike a NAV at two or three o'clock in the morning. You're not going to get many Irish people who are willing to do that, for example. So you've got to go to other locations to get those NAVs and, and, and to have that ecosystem that's there. So I think there's it, it's it's bigger than just cost. I think so. And I think it's kind of the costness to your point has gone out of it. It's more that time zone nature and also where your clients are. If your clients based in the in the Far East, the infrastructure and support and management of those clearly makes sense exactly. to have them in our time zone. They'd be quite wasted in, uh, on this side. Yeah, no, totally agree. Thanks for that. So one Kira, other... just just one thing, if you don't mind me, just to, just to yeah. add to Peter's point, because I think it's it's valid. Like we're looking at, I think we mentioned in the in the reports, the financial services is what forty four thousand people currently, roughly. I have the funds industry is seventeen thousand, so what? Nearly forty percent, roughly. So there's a lot more industry out there in financial services, such as banking, retail, um, insurance. Aircraft leasing. The air, aircraft leasing in Ireland is absolutely, absolutely massive. You know, from an industry perspective, why wouldn't we look at something like aircraft leasing going forward and do some sort of a similar analysis? I suspect there's a very significant overlap in 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 the requirements and the needs for for the aircraft leasing industry as well. Yeah, no, I I I definitely agree. Now, I think there's one other question came in from Andrea around the biggest barrier to successful digital transformation in the micro space. Is structured data sources to perform CP86 oversight. Can we consider getting this on the agenda to discuss exploring standardization at industry level where possible? You know, we're somewhat up against the clock, but I don't know if anyone has a has a minute answer to that one, or whether we'll just follow it up and uh, take it away with uh, Karen and Pat for a subsequent discussion to one of the working groups. I think. As a, an actual discussion on data and standardization would actually warrant its own webinar in its own right. So um, it is it is a good point around standardization of data and standard sources, et cetera, and you know, utilities and how that comes about. So I think to give it justice, Kieran, I would say I would propose a, a webinar on data. Yeah. Yeah, no, great, great. Right, so we've just two minutes left. So as a last point, if I can just remind you all who have attended, first of all, thank you very much for your attendance. I hope you got some value from this session. And thank the panelists and for uh, Peter and Cynthia also as well, and to David and Liam for, for scheduling it and helping with the, uh, the, 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 the webinar um, infrastructure. The last point is um, there will be a quick survey for all attendees post-webinar. That'll pop up if you can uh, provide any feedback on that would be appreciated. And as I said at the start, the report is there in the handouts link. And it's also will be available on the Irish Funds website from Monday. So with that, on 11.59, we're going to close it down. So again, thank you to all those who participated and all those who attended. Hopefully you all got some uh, value from it. Thank you all. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.